I'm pretty sure by now, and here we are in 2024, that there is enough evidence out there about the negative effects of technology and social media and phones and internet access when it comes to our children. Today's episode, I am going to walk you through my family story of introducing phones and technology and social media to our children because I'm asked about it often. But just know that this, it comes from our, this is our story. This is our perspective. These are decisions that my husband and I made. And so I hope that you can take what will work for you and glean some insight and add that to your family. But just know, it is not a condemnation against having some screen time. It is not a condemnation against them watching Wild Kratts because, hello, I've mentioned that many times. I think my kids learned most of their science from Wild Kratts, even though I did some really amazing science curriculum. They remember Wild Kratts. But it's not a way to make you feel ashamed or anything, but just wanting to put this out here so that also, so it's a resource that I can send people to when they ask me about it because I do have young adults and and teens so that I just hope this encourages you. So take what will work for you and let's dive a little bit into my family's story. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. When it comes to technology and the access to it and phones and just overall in life, my kids are super grounded, and I take that because of the homeschooling, but not just the homeschooling. I a couple episodes back, I think it was earlier this month or end of January, we're just talking about the fact of being intentional. And you can just homeschool and say, oh, we homeschool and just kind of check off the boxes and be no different than maybe if your kids went to school or I guess slightly still different. But because the intentionality and this topic today about access to social media and having phones and all of that stuff really fell under what I would say the homeschool lifestyle umbrella that my husband and I decided upon, our family culture and the goals we had for our children. So my kids are pretty grounded. They're not perfect, but they're not like the average kids that have access to phones 24-7 or even just most of the time during the day and who have access to the internet. You can notice a difference. And I hear from people in my real life. So I'm sharing this with you because I hear from you also with questions, but I do get questions from those in my in my own personal life as well. And it's it, we do things differently and it's obvious at times. And I'm okay with that. And I'm teaching my kids to be okay with that. So let me tell you a little bit about our story. And then I'm going to go into some of our reasons. They'll kind of be interweaved into our story, but also in the goals that my husband and I had for this topic so that you can adopt them for your family. You can adopt and adapt them to your family. So I feel like I should start off with a disclaimer. And my oldest is 21 and then I have 19 and 16. They spent most of their childhood without access to the internet. It's really probably they got my first smartphone, I guess, maybe 10 years ago. Before that, I had Facebook. But literally, I wouldn't go on there until they were in bed. 
and I would have to go down, turn the computer, it was really old, and wait for it to turn on. We eventually then did get an iPod so we could listen to some different, I would listen to sermons while I would cook lunch or cook dinner, and we would listen to Adventures in Odyssey. And then I realized you could put Facebook on there, and that's when my struggle mostly began, because I could very easily tap that and check to see what all my friends were doing. I was just a lonely homeschool mom, so I look back and I can see that. And at one point, I actually completely, just out of the blue, deleted my Facebook account, everything. And my husband, a couple of days later, was like, I want to go tag you or send you something on Facebook, and you're just not even there. I didn't even tell him. Didn't tell anybody. And I started to get kind of questions, and it, I probably didn't have it for a couple of years. I mean, I have it now, and Facebook's so much different. Um, I kind of wish I could go back to old Facebook and just see what my friends are doing instead of all the ads. But anyway, back to the story here. So my kids didn't have, when they were three years old, there was no giving them a phone to occupy them while we were at the grocery store. But actually just today, during morning time, something came up with my 16-year-old and we were talking about something and I, and I said, hey, do you remember if you guys were kind of getting a little bit bored in the grocery store and you're sitting in the car or something? I didn't give you a phone. I literally would pull out a little mini calculator from my purse and they would just play on that. That's what they played on. So maybe that was their their phone back in the, you know, mid 2000s or something. Mid 2000s, late 2000s. And it's just I don't know, things are just so different now. And so to be honest, I feel like that was a blessing. Not necessarily the calculator was a blessing, but just that there wasn't the access to it wasn't so prevalent. I also remember my brother-in-law, who was single, he was younger, no kids, nothing. He just had a rent to pay. He might have been living at his parents' house. I remember him getting his first iPhone. I think he paid $1,000, $1,500. And I remember my husband telling me and being like, that's crazy. I don't understand. Why does he think people need to get access to him all the time? And why does he need to have access to? I, I didn't, couldn't even fathom it at all. And then look where we are now. Although I do not pay $1,000 or $1,500 for a phone. But let's go back to my kids just not having, it just wasn't there. We had TV. And so we did have TV at home. And one thing that we really had established was that the TV wasn't on all the time. It was very, it was on for very specific times. And I kind of found that my kids just felt that that was just a rule. And they just never went and turned the TV on. But I did, just in case they would, before I would say I was watching TV in the evening after they were in bed, I would put the channel down onto the PBS channel. That way, if in the morning they happened to walk by and turn it on or sometime during the day, it wasn't like Days of Our Lives suddenly came on and was playing in my house and I didn't know about it. So that was my little trick for that. But through the years, then we ended up not having TV. It's probably been... That have been five years now, maybe four or five years. We just weren't even watching it. And I was like, why do we have this screen, this thing in our living room that we don't even really use? So we ended up taking that out. So I know I'm jumping ahead here. So my husband and I had headphones, had smartphones, had iPhones or Androids or whatever. And probably about nine, 10 years ago, we ended up putting the locks onto them and so that kids couldn't just get any type of access to it. So then here we go. We have my daughter. We get into her middle school, high school years. And there weren't a lot of times that our entire family wasn't going and doing things. It started off with just youth group, dropping her off at youth group. And, you know, I was like, well, maybe she can get, you know, have some access to us. So my mom had a very old iPhone. I think it was an iPhone 4. This iPhone 4, it was like, 
it chugged along for so many years. So it became our family phone, and it was only something that was given to them when they would go somewhere. There was no internet on it. Literally, it could make and take phone calls. It could text, and it had a compass and a calculator on it. That was it. It was the perfect solution for our family because our kids could contact us. And a lot of their friends at that time didn't have iPhones. It was in access to the internet and YouTube and all of these things. And so it was kind of a little bit of a sweet time. She eventually, okay, so I'm going to tell you about each individual child because I am really big into talking specifically about, well, really just diving into specifics with each child that you have. And I talked about this just in the previous episode in 231, just being, talking about giving them independence with their learning and just adopting and adapting and making things what will fit for each child. So my daughter was fine with the iPhone 4. It wasn't until she was 17, 17 and a half, or maybe even 18, probably closer to 18. And it took, let's just say it took her a while to be confident enough to drive alone. And so she, yeah, she would have been, I guess, 18 and a half that spring. We started letting her drive to her ballet, her dance class on her own. And I realized, so I said to her, text me when you get there, and she wouldn't. And I was terrified that she didn't get there. I mean, she had to drive on the highway to get there. It was in some of the places she had to drive there. I wasn't excited, but I knew it was time for her to have some independence. And she would forget to text me. And so I would, I almost drove over there to go and find her because I was like, what if she didn't get there? And I was like, that's silly. She's driving on her own so that I don't have to drive her and she can have some independence. So I was like, there has to be a solution for this. So we ended up getting her an iPhone so that I could then put an app on it, and I could see when she got there. We, we use Life360. And, you know, had conversations with her. And so here we are. So she would have been 18 and a half at that time. She's 21. She is, she's not a concern at all. She doesn't, she doesn't go on to YouTube. She, she does not have social media. She does not want social media. That was her choice. We've shown her. Sometimes she'll come home and visit, and I'll show her funny reels on Instagram. And she's like, I haven't, you know, those are fun. It's kind of funny. We would watch funny, like, animal ones and stuff, and she's fine with that. But she has no desire for that. She might check her email on her phone, and she still has the same phone that we had given to her when she was 18. So that's her. That's her and her personality, is that she doesn't need a lot of parameters on it, and she forgets about her phone. She's living life with her friends and working for a ministry, and it's just... It's not a stumbling block for her. It's just not a part of her personality. It's like the last thing she thinks of to remember her phone or something like that. So then we get to my next son and remember that iPhone 4. He starts working at a grocery store at 15 and sometimes the shift would be a little bit early, a little bit late or something. I was like, okay, well, you get the family phone. You can take it with you. And we have just some funny stories. He has funny stories, we'll say, about kids being like, what kind of phone is that? So this would have been just four years ago. So yeah, he started there in 2020. We'll just say, we'll just leave it at that. Poor kid started a grocery store in 2020. But he just, yeah, so he has stories about kids just being like, what kind of phone is that? He's like, oh, it's a super cool one. He was a little embarrassed and he started just kind of making up silly, funny stories and stuff about it. And so he could easily text us and he couldn't, he didn't have any, anything else on the phone. And so eventually then he needed something more. This iPhone 4 was starting to glitch a little bit and he was starting his lawn care business a bit more. And we moved into getting him a Gab phone. And that worked for about a year. But we found that he was just receiving so many text messages and just so much. It just wasn't 
high tech enough, wasn't reliable enough. And so we moved him into getting an iPhone. And that is when I realized that iPhones actually have a lot more parameters and security. And there was an extra passcode that I could put in. And I basically, the phone was just on lockdown. Eventually, then he wanted to add some certain apps that had to do with being able to bill people. And so then I would have to go in because the app store was disabled. So there are a lot of parameters. Really just Google and take a look at it if you're looking to get your teens uh, some phones and you want to be able to have some parameters on it. So he then has moved on to other iPhones and he's had has he literally has multiple because he has a business that he's running. And he has had to learn and walk through this in figuring out what he needs to do. And he has on his own put blockers onto his phone. Now we have things like Covenant Eyes on phones and on laptops for him. And we just said, I know that you're a young adult, you're still living at home. And our our goal really here is to still protect you. And we don't we don't want you to stumble. And so we're still just going to kind of keep these things on here. And he's actually respects that very much. So we have open conversations and talks about all kinds of things and traps you can get into when it comes to the internet and phone usage and social media and all those things. So he's got his head on straight. He understands very well. He's very mature in understanding himself and the traps and things that can get him sucked in uh, instead of being productive with his business. And to be honest, Running your own business is a really good thing for teen boys and young adult men because they are so busy that they don't have the time to get sucked into things and to scroll and scroll and scroll. So let's go. I know I'm talking a bit about phones. We're going to talk overall here in just a minute, too, when it comes to Internet access. So I have a 16 year old. And remember that Gab phone that his brother got? Well, we're just still using that same one. We just had disabled it and then we just turned it back on and gave him a new phone number. And at this point, he just has a Gab phone and it is on, they have different plans. So the plan that he has, he can receive text messages, obviously, and send text messages and calls. But he can't always get text messages if he didn't text to somebody beforehand. I don't know what that's about, but he can't do group texts and cannot send and receive photos. So sometimes he gets a little annoyed by that, but he's trusting us. I think that the point of this also is that kids learn to trust their parents when it comes to homeschooling because they see that we really do have their best interests in mind and they might not quite understand, they might not appreciate it at the time. So that's where he's at right now with it. And I know at some point we'll move to an iPhone with him and then just have it like really restricted and not being able to have access to the app store or the internet. And I know that kids can try to find workarounds for things, but we just keep open lines of communication and also, I should add, with the kids, when they actually did get their own phones, phones had to be turned in by a certain time in the evening. And they have to, sometimes I'll find it just chucked onto my bed or put it on my dresser. And so overnight, all phones, all laptops and stuff are not in their bedrooms and they're actually shoved into my dresser. <laughs> just because I don't want it out. I actually don't really want those things in my room. They're turned off, but... It just is less of a temptation. And so even my youngest, he doesn't get his phone every single day. I will uh, take it out and give it to him. And he has it on when he goes places. And when he goes skiing, it's great because sometimes we'll be on the top of the hill and somebody injures himself. He can call and we can help uh, take care of that. And so there are some days where we're just home. And I'm like, you don't need access to your phone. If you need to call or text somebody because you're working on something, then definitely let me know and we can work with that. So that is where we are at with everything. 
Our kids know and they knew as teens that their phones were a privilege and it wasn't necessarily a right that they had. And they knew that if there were things that they did overall with technology, that things would be taken away from them. So let's talk about internet access because I've told you on their phones, they have not had internet access. I mean, my my two oldest now do and my youngest does not, but they did not when they were his age as well. So when it comes just overall to the internet, they didn't have just any access to it, whatever they wanted to do. On all of our computers, laptops, whatever we had for school, there was always, I had like ad blockers on, I had Covenant Eyes, I had different types of filters on them. And with Covenant Eyes, I would get a report every single day. I always make sure I check my email and check out their report. So I do want to say that it is more work. It is definitely more work if you are trying to preserve your children's minds when it comes to what's all on the internet, it is a lot of work. But I'm going to tell you, it is definitely worth the work. It's a lot of work to check their phones and to read through text messages and to check on them when they do get social media, to read their reports from Covenant Eyes, to go into the history. There, It is a lot of work, but it's worth that time. It's the season of life that I find myself in and that I have found myself in. And I know that by putting in that effort myself, that I am helping them and setting them up for success. So my kids as teens did not have free access to the internet, YouTube, none of that stuff, no social media. And I'm glad. <laughs> I'm really glad of that. And we'll get to that in just a minute. But what did they have access to? Now there would be with homeschool, there'd be sometimes some things that they would do on the internet. And we had our school nook, I called it. Uh, it during all of my, basically their teen years were all at our house that we currently live in. And the school nook is right off the kitchen. And so if I was, wasn't doing lessons, I was most likely in the kitchen. And the monitor for it was faced towards the kitchen and towards everybody else. So everybody could see what was on the screen. There was never a time that my kids should have had any type of access to anything where they could be on a screen privately. And even if they were and they tried getting to things, I mean, I probably uh, spent way too much time Googling, you know, types, names of, you know, looking for specific dot coms and everything that I should put into the blockers. Now, things like Covenant Eyes has a set type of parameters, but then I put even more strict parameters, which sometimes they would get a little bit annoyed by. They're like, well, I'm doing this math course or this science course or something, and I'm supposed to watch something on YouTube. I'm like, okay, well, then temporarily I will go and I will log into my Covenant Eyes access here into my, um, account. I'm trying to think what the word is into my account and you can go ahead and watch it. And then we would log back out. So on a laptop and on a desktop, you can then access to, you can log into different accounts and that way then you get a report for those different accounts. Now, my youngest now, let's just kind of focus in on where he's at. He is very interested in things on the computer. And I think I might've mentioned he went to a, a computer class at a library a couple, like two years ago, maybe, and they built computers. And so he has that computer right now that he uses. And we decided Right now in this season, when I was just homeschooling one child, it would give me a little bit of margin, a little bit of a break. And he actually has that set up in my husband's office. His monitor faces my husband. He can see it from his desk. And there's the covenant eyes. There's all kinds of stuff on it. And so we can watch and we can see what he's doing. And he basically will do whatever computer course or whatever he's kind of doing. We allow them access for email. Like you're going to probably think we're a little bit crazy. I think at 14, we give him an email address. Like, that's what it is. And 
We did that with my daughter, which would have been many years ago, and we just continued with it. And maybe we are old fogies and totally unrelatable, but it's okay. I don't mind. So that's kind of how we have it right now. And if he wants to watch something or learn something, say it is on YouTube. We've done some videography courses, and he's just as watched it on a laptop or on it somewhere where I am there. And somebody always has access to being able to see what he's listening, what he's watching and what he's listening to. And he also knows, my kids also always knew that it wasn't if we found something that they did. It was when, because they all tried something, when we found something that they shouldn't do, that they would lose their privileges. And we weren't afraid to take away that because the access to the internet and the access to doing those things was a privilege. Now, maybe if it was a math lesson on there, we would still let them do the math lesson, but that was it. That was absolutely it. So what overall have I learned from having gone through this process and being, I guess, strict with it, I've got a couple of things here for you. My number one goal was to give my children a childhood. I wanted them to remember a life before technology so that they can always go back to it. They know that life is fine without social media and without internet access because they have gone so many years and they have been able to just live and pour into relationships, and they have innocence that I have wanted to give to them. I wanted them just to be able to know how to be by themselves at times and to be with others and to have hobbies and interests and just to live life so that they know that there is life outside of technology, that it's okay to turn your phone off and to go meet up with some friends for dinner or coffee or to go play some sports or to go for a drive with friends or something when they are older without their phone, that it will be okay. Not everybody knows that anymore, unfortunately. And I wanted to preserve their innocence. And this has really helped us to be able to preserve their innocence. I wanted them also to focus on real life relationships, real life relationship with themselves, with God, with each other, with our family as a whole, with neighbors, with community, with their friends from church, with friends from co-op, I wanted them to focus on real life relationships instead of ones that are just through a screen or even to have that confusion of relationships that are in life, in real life, and then ones that are on a screen as well, because we can become really desensitized. And I didn't want them to become desensitized to people and their emotions and their feelings and how it is to have a relationship and to be in relationship with other people. I hear this argument and I've heard it many times and maybe it'll offend some of you. I personally think it's a terrible argument, but people will say, well, your kids will be behind if they're not exposed early. No, I, I can prove to you. I can see that that is a terrible argument. Just think about any child. You give them access to a phone. They figure it out in no time. My boys knew the funny thing there. I, I don't I mean, I use my phone, but I don't know all like the little gizmos and gadgets and everything because I don't really care about that. But there was something a few years ago. And I was like, oh, and they're like, oh, you can adjust the light on the screen. I didn't even literally didn't know that, that I could pull it down from my iPhone from the top right corner. And they showed me that. And I was like, how do you know this? They didn't have iPhones at the time. They're like, oh, no, we know everything that a phone can do when it is on the lock screen. I was like, oh, OK, because it can actually take pictures. I have many pictures of my dog's face up close and personal of the inside of their brother's mouth Um 
funny faces, all kinds of things because they figured out what they could do, which was very, very limited. But like I mentioned earlier, we kept our all of our stuff is has passcodes on them. But saying that kids will not catch up, they will catch up. I have a 16 year old who's very interested and he will show me things on like my laptop. I bought a new laptop maybe six to nine months ago and he's showing me things like, well, this is how you do this, this is how you do this. And I was like, how do you know these things? Because he's not afraid to try things out. And I just I don't agree with the argument. So there's that. I also really felt that by keeping them from having free access to the Internet and social media and having phones too early, that it made them mentally stronger than their peers. But it also made them stand out from their peers, which they didn't always like and appreciate. But I wanted them to know that it's okay to be different. It actually can be good to be different. I wanted them to learn how to stand on their own and to say, I'm sorry, my phone doesn't get photos. Can you email that to me? And I mean, most of the kids can email it very easily from their phone. And a lot of them will kind of give a look. And then they're like, oh, okay. And so it's really taught my kids how to stand on their own and to not be ashamed of their convictions and the way that they're living life, partly because of that's how their parents are having them live life. But I wanted them to know that it was okay to be different. And there are ways of letting people know that you're different without making them feel ashamed or feel inferior or anything. And it's opened up some doors and some great conversations between myself and my kids and my kids and their friends and also then between myself and their friends' parents as well to kind of talk to them and explain to them and encourage them to also protect their children when it comes to the internet and social media and phones. I want to end today's episode by saying to you, your kids might not like your decisions. Maybe they're not fully in line with my family. Maybe they're stricter than my family. Maybe they're looser in some ways or looser overall. But whatever the decisions that you and your husband make, make sure that you guys are aligned with it. It's okay to adapt. I wasn't ready to give my older son an iPhone quite yet, but he proposed us. He said, look, this is the issues I'm having. I'm losing clients and I'm trying to grow this business. And this is what I need to be able to do. When I turn my gab phone off at night, if someone texts me, it doesn't come through. And therefore, I have lost the job. So I was like, that is a very good and valid argument. And therefore, we moved into that. So that's a that's the adapting. That is making some changes that makes sense. But again, your kids might not like your decisions at the time. Guess what? That isn't the goal. It isn't the goal to make your kids happy with every decision that you're going to make. You have a much bigger vision. You can see so much more in the world than they can see. They have like tunnel vision to just right now, but you have this big broad. You have so much more wisdom. They aren't going to like it, maybe. That's not, the goal isn't for them to like it. It's okay. They will thank you someday. I promise you that that thank you is coming. Continue to be in relationship with them. Continue to explain to them why you have made decisions and why you have parameters and why you have certain rules. They might not like it, but they will respect you. And someday that respect will turn to a thank you. I have gotten thank yous from from even my youngest as well. There's moments where he says, I know this is a little annoying, but thank you. I do appreciate it. But my older two have definitely said thank you. And that is the goal that I have for you. And that is why I share my story. If you want any more details about this, I would encourage you to reach out. You can contact me through email or through a messenger on Facebook or DM me on Instagram, I would be glad to 
help you through this. But I hope that it has encouraged you to know that if your decisions when it comes to your kids' access to social media and having phones and the internet is much different than everybody around you, guess what, girlfriend? You and I, we are probably aligned, and that's fantastic. If you'd like to see me pop into your email inbox every single week, I send out a newsletter. I would love to be able to do that. You can check out the link in the show notes to be able to get onto that email list. But friend, stay the course. They'll thank you someday. I promise. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.